0: Hallelujah, we ready for the Word of God. You know, one of the cool things about the Bible is it's as alive and potent today as it was when it was first written. It's awesome. So today is going to be a little unique. I've never preached this message before, not just from this text, but the theme of it. And the title of the message, in case you didn't notice, the title of the message this morning is Breaking Off the, re, the political spirit. And the reason I'm preaching this this morning is the beginning of Acts 12 and the end of Acts 12 deals with Herod. Herod. Two different Herods actually uh, are mentioned in the book of Acts. There are six Herods in the scriptures. We're going to look at them this morning. But Herod represents the the political spirit, and I'll tell you why this is so important, because Jesus thought it was important. In your notes this morning, if you're following along in your Bible, I want to give you a reference to write down next to Acts chapter 12. If you're following along in the Black Acts journal that we've given out, it's page 68. In the margin, please write this reference, it's Mark chapter 8, Mark 8, 15. And here's what it says. Jesus said to his disciples, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, uh, when this hit me, during this season in our country when the whole political process has become more demonized than it is, any other time in in our lifetime. Uh, This verse stood out to me. What in the world, first of all, what is the leaven of the Pharisees? Well, uh, uh, elsewhere in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Luke, specifically Jesus said, the leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. Okay, so that's the, basically, the leaven of the Pharisees are religious spirits. That's not the topic for today. But Jesus goes on here and he says And beware of the leaven of Herod. So what in the world is this leaven of Herod? Now I'm going to tell you something right now. And we're going to to lay this all out. The leaven of Herod is the political spirit. But we're going to lay this out. Because of the 12 disciples that heard Jesus say, watch out, beware of the leaven of Herod. Of the 12 disciples, 11 of them received the word, and guess who didn't? Judas. Judas was the only one of the 12 that did not get the message. He was the only one that was, that was still under the leaven of Herod, and, and the leaven of the Pharisees. He never broke it off. He was never free from it, and it killed him. Let me just tell you, one of the devil's primary strategies to kill Christian organizations, to to kill Christian ministries, to kill Christian families, to kill churches, is the political spirit. And Acts chapter 12, in the first uh, five verses, talks about Herod and the last seven verses talks about Herod. So we're gonna grab this by the throat this morning and we're gonna, we're gonna come under this word so that each of us can break off the, the political spirit, the spirit of Herod, this leaven of Herod. Now with that understanding, uh, join me. Uh, it's Acts chapter 12 beginning with verse one. About that time... Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed, yikes, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword of all things. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivered him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. That's a little overkill. In, intending that after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, and then I love these words, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Next week, we're gonna, we're gonna look at this incredible passage on, uh, 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 that flows out of that scripture, but prayer was made in the church for Peter. And wait till you see what happens when prayer is made by the church. It is a powerful account. But in the middle of this, it becomes a defining moment in the church. That's why it's recorded here. The the influence of Herod, and yet the lack of his influence in, in any ultimate sense in the church because of Jesus' warning, watch out. Beware of the leaven of Herod. Okay, now, here as we begin, in these first two verses, we're introduced to Herod and we're introduced to uh, James. Uh, There are three James in in the New Testament, and so we want to know which which James is this. And there are six Herods in the New Testament, and we want to find out which is, is this. In fact, um, there were only six Herods. There were only six, and all of them are mentioned in the New Testament. In fact, the name Herod, or the word Herod, and when we talk about Herods, we're not talking about a department store in London, okay? Um, that's fine, that's impressive, um, in fact, it's one of the coolest places um, you don't dare buy anything there, but, but it is almost intoxicating just to walk through it. It's, it's crazy. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about these, these, these rulers. There are only six of them. All of them are mentioned in the New Testament. And the, the, the name Herod is repeated 50 times in the New Testament. 50 times. So we ought to know who these guys are. Okay, you ready? We're going to do this quickly because it's really not the point, but, but it, it helps. So, first of all, who is James? Of these three James, which James is this? Well, there's James, the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, We know a lot about him. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he started as an unbeliever. Uh, He he rejected the fact that Jesus was God. Until until, uh, the the end, Jesus appeared to James. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, he gave gave James a, a personal resurrection appearance. And the reason is because God had big plans for James number one, the half-brother of Jesus. Now James, the half-brother of Jesus, was one of four half-brothers, but he became the leader of the four and probably was the, was the, was the second born after Jesus. So the first biological child of both Mary and Joseph was James. Okay, so Jesus now, having risen from the dead, appears privately to James. Then we see James again in Acts chapter 1 verse 15. He's, it says the disciples are all named, are up in the upper room along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So James is now in the upper room. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So James now is, gets filled with the Holy Spirit and James becomes the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. So this, this is a significant guy. In fact, he's actually mentioned in chapter 12. I might as well just look there for a second. Verse 17, um, after uh, James, uh, uh, th- this other James is killed, um, and Peter is imprisoned. the word gets out to um, go tell James. So this is the James mentioned in Acts 12, 17, is James number one, the half-brother of Jesus. James number two is called James the son of Alphaeus, and he's also nicknamed James the lesser. We we, we know nothing about James um, number two other than the fact he was one of Jesus' disciples, his dad was Alphaeus, and he was also in the upper room and filled with the Holy Spirit. That's all we know about him. James number three is also one of the disciples and the elder brother of John the disciple. John the disciple ended up writing five books in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, the three letters, first, second, third John, and the final book in our Bible, the book of the Revelation, all written by this guy's brother. So it's, this is James number three, one of Jesus' disciples... Who is this guy in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, who's killed? Now, this is, this is rather interesting. The disciple of all the 12 who lived the longest was John. John, and that's why the last book John probably wrote was not the book of Revelation. Most likely, the last book was the gospel. And there's reasons for that. But, but he lived the longest of all the disciples. But the one who died the youngest of the 11, of the 11, the first guy to die didn't die by natural causes. He died, in it's recorded, Acts chapter 12, verse 2, he died by the sword as the first apostle to be killed uh, as a martyr. And it, 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 I I find it fascinating. God's ways are perfect. But notice in the same family, brothers, the, the one the first to die and the other the last to die. But God's will for the one was perfect. God's will for the other is perfect. You don't compare yourself to who's next to you. You accept God's best for you without comparing. Hallelujah. But what's happening here now with Herod? What's happening with Herod is is The persecution is now getting off the rails. This is now a a crisis moment because up until now, the Jews were doing the persecuting. It was all generated by the Jews. Here now, for the first time, the Romans, Herod is is under Roman rule and authority. Now the Romans are not only persecuting the church, but they're, they're, they're using the sword they're killing. So, so the persecution is extending. But now watch this, watch this. Six Herods, and I'm going to do this quickly. Herod number one is Herod the Great. Um, <clears throat> King Herod, he's the one mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 and 2. After Jesus' birth, uh, the, the wise men come from out of town. They tell um, uh, they tell. King Herod is kind of political protocol. Uh, we're from out of town. We're here to visit Jesus. We saw the star and all that. It all unfolds. Um, and, and, but, and, but Herod is a conniver and he lies. He said, oh, come back to me after you find him. I too want to worship him. No, he didn't. He wanted to kill him. He's a rival leader and, and he, he, wants to kill, he wants to kill Jesus. So, so the, the wise men dupe Herod. They, they leave without telling him, but the Lord warns Joseph and Mary, so they go down to Egypt. Then that King Herod dies. That's Herod the I, Herod the Great, King Herod the Great. But he had three sons. And so now we have Herod number two, which is Herod Archelaus. Herod number three, Herod Antipas. And Herod four is Herop, Herod Philip, the Tetrarch, who ruled over, over Galilee. Her, Herod in Galilee had a wife who was unfaithful. And she left him and started living with Herod III, which is Herod Antipas, who uh, John the Baptist called him out and said, what are you doing? Living with your, with your brother's wife. That's immoral. And, and so the, the, his wife got offended, and his daughter-in-law uh, gets offended, her stepdaughter, and they demand Jesus, uh, uh, John the Baptist's head on a platter, and they oblige. So there was, it's this Herod number three, Herod Antipas, who tried to kill, or who did kill John the Baptist. Herod two, Herod Archelaus, was the Herod that took over after his father, And who who was still an angry, control freak, uh, abusive, that that God warned, even after King Herod had died, warned Joseph and Mary, don't go back to Bethlehem, go to Nazareth. And it was because of uh, this guy, Herod Archelaus. Now, the fifth Herod is Herod Agrippa. He's one of the grandsons of the original King Herod, and he's the guy now in chapter 12. is, is Herod number five, Herod Agrippa. And before we're done, we're going to see this guy exposed for who he is. We're going to see his generational curses, the demons that, that have infested the Herodian family line with political spirits. And before the chapter's done, we're going to see him dead. And it's not pretty. Now, just before I leave the Herods, just to close the the loop, Herod number six is Herod Agrippa II, who in Acts chapter 23 oversees the trial of, of Paul, where Paul gives this incredible testimony about him coming to Christ and 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 then toward the end, before he could give the altar call, uh, Herod Agrippa II um, says, um, "Paul, do you really think that in a short time you're going to be you're going to convince me to become an apostle uh, or a, a follower of Jesus the way you are?" A, a classic question. And it's one of those places where God preserves in the Bible, Acts chapter 23, Paul's brilliant response. Paul says in response, well, your most excellency, uh, King Herod Agrippa, uh, whether in a short time or a long time, I just want you to be as I am, but without these chains. (laughs) Oh, 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 I love it. It's one of those great having the right answer at the right time. Don't you wish you could always have the right answer at the right time? Well, Paul nails it. Uh, God fulfilled what Jesus promised. When you're put on trial, the Holy Spirit will tell you how to answer. That's a Holy Spirit answer. I love it. So that's, that's the final and sixth. And then Herod's disappear. Herod's disappear. But that's, that's the history of the sixth. Now, now, now. When Jesus said, watch out. Beware of the leaven of Herod, what was he warning against? Now what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna lay out for us four qualities that identify the political spirit or the spirit or the leaven of Herod, four qualities. But before I give you these four, I just want to say, when I talk about the political spirit, I am not talking about government. I'm not talking about the Republicans or the Democrats or, or, or the, the Congress or the senators. I'm not talking exclusively at all about politics. The political spirit is manifested in Every level of human relationship. The political spirit, the leaven of Herod, affects marriages, home life, pitting one parent against another in the, in the family, uh, elbowing against in laws in marriages. In every, frankly, in every HOA, in every homeowners association, there's, there's jockeying for power and power plays. It's in every ministry. It's in every business. No matter what business, no matter in every school system, school boards, the political spirit is at work all over our humanity. Every human relationship is, is, in, is, is influenced By the political spirit. Now, now, when Jesus said, beware, watch out, beware of the leaven of Herod, he was saying, do not allow the influence of these political demons to control your lives. Don't let these political demons control your lives. interaction with people on any level. Don't let it happen, not, not for you. Now, now, before I give these four descriptions, let me just uh, give some clarity on the word leaven, leaven. I've done some research. I'm certainly not a, a baker or a, a decent cook, um, and, but I've checked with some great cooks and, and what I'm going to tell you is accurate. So leaven is yeast. Yeast. And it creates, when, when yeast is introduced to dough, it creates fermentation. And the fermentation of dough gives off gases. And the gases cause the, the, the dough to rise. And, and what, what Jesus is saying is beware, watch out for the rising influence of, of the political spirit. That's what he's saying. But now notice this, notice this. So the rising dough creates a false image. A bigger than life image. It's really a small little piece, but, but you know... Yeah. If you've baked, you, you love it when the dough rises. Okay, now there's nothing wrong with enjoying a, some good yeast rolls. Um, I love yeast rolls, I, I love cinnamon rolls, you know, and homemade bread. I mean, is there anything better aroma in the house that, and when, when b- bread is rising? I mean, oh, it's. Uh, 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 I mean, my, my, my taste buds are exploding. Um, oh, you know, even Ryan's Steakhouse, those, those rolls, oh my, ah, oh, give me one. Hot, warm, putting some butter on, are you with me? No, so let me just say, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a good yeast roll. But the illustration, the illustration is, leaven, and particularly this political spirit, Makes a little seem bigger. It's a false image. It's the image of the effect of a dying process that makes whatever is, is being infected by it f- feel bigger, seem bigger. It's its influence that gives rise but in an inappropriate way. That's what Jesus is warning against. Don't be under the influence of this political spirit. There's only one place in the Bible where leaven is used positively. And it was Jesus who said, um, a little leaven, leaven's the whole lump, but in a positive way. He said, the kingdom of God is like a little leaven. Mm -hmm. Now, Now, here's the deal. The kingdom of God is the only leaven that God authorizes. The leaven that comes from other sources and specifically under this this big banner of the spirit of Herod, the leaven of Herod, or the political demonic spirit. That's completely off limits for a Christian. And that spirit is the opposite of the kingdom of God you will never be a kingdom leader if you are controlled or influenced by the political spirit now here's the four characteristics number one the political spirit number one is a is a spirit of control a spirit of control now in verse one about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. Why? Because he wanted to control them. This is a spirit of control. It's the spirit of control. Look at Acts 12, verse 20. Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. Angry. Anger is, is manifested when a person who is being controlled is not in control. Anger erupts. If you have a deep-seated anger issue, you probably are under the influence of a political spirit. The things that, what, t- just take an inventory on your life. What makes you really angry? Most likely behind that is the political spirit. Not 100%, but often this is the case. And it is certainly here, it's a spirit of control. Those that are under the control of the political spirit have to be in control. A controlled person has to be in control. The, the same spirit that, that dominates their life is now dominating through others, the life, through them, the lives of others. So, number one characteristic of the political spirit is the spirit of control. Now, let me give you a definition here. Control is witchcraft. The spirit of control is the spirit of witchcraft. Now look at verse 20. Herod was angry because he could not control the people in Tyre and Sidon. You know who came from Tyre and Sidon? Jezebel. When Ahab, the puppet king, married the dominant woman of the daughter of the king of Tyre and Sidon and formed an unholy alliance. Israel got in bed with a foreign country and Jezebel ruled and Jezebel is the epitome of the witchcraft spirit of control. There you've got it all, it's all right here. The spirit of witchcraft, let me give you a definition. This is worth writing down. I'll never forget the day I heard this was about 15 years ago. I can, it, it really set me free. It's a, this is a revelation. The spirit of witchcraft is the spirit of manipulation and intimidation for the sake of domination and control. Let me give you this again. It's a gift. The spirit of witchcraft is the spirit of manipulation, manipulating the strong, and the spirit of intimidation of the weak for the sake of domination and control. That's the spirit of witchcraft. That is the political spirit. It's number one. Number two, the political spirit is always dehumanizing. Dehumanizing. The ultimate evidence of this is in verse two. Herod killed James. You kill someone, it's, it's, that's the ultimate... It's one thing to diss someone. It's one thing to to say something mean about somebody else, but to kill them, that's the ultimate dehumanizing. That's what happened here. The dehumanization, the the political spirit always dehumanizes. It treats other people as less than you. It's what, frankly, if you're not concerned about that happening in the United States right now, you, you must be asleep. It's happening all over the place. Dehumanizing. And you know what dehumanizes? Labels. Labels. All labels dehumanize. Because every label makes someone less than. Oh, they're left-wingers. Oh, they're, they're, they, they, they voted for Trump. Oh, oh, oh. What are, those are all labels. Oh, they're lesbians. Oh, they're gays. We copy all. These labels... Those are less than people. They're all labels. They're labels. Labels dehumanize. Labels divide us against them. Labels. Behind every political spirit is a label. And behind those labels... He's an idol, an idol. And behind that idol is a demon. That's why Jesus says, wake up, watch out, beware of the leaven of Herod. These labels, we don't need them. Jesus would not submit to labels. Jesus ministered in a community that loved labels. The, oh, she's a Samaritan. Even gender labels, men, women, gender labels. Of course, you know, we get the, the righteous distinctions, but not in terms of, of the, there, are, there are idols behind those labels, potentially behind all of them. Oh, Trump or BLM. They're all labels. Are there causes behind them? Yes. But watch out for the labels. Every label will make you smaller. They will not make you bigger. Every label will hem you in. The church of Jesus Christ is the only place where we can get rid of all the labels. Because we are the only place on earth that can get rid of the idols. And the only place on earth that can get rid of the demons behind the idols. That's what's at stake in the, getting rid of the political spirit. So number one, it's the spirit of control. Number two, it's, it's, a, it's a dehumanizing spirit. And number three, it's, man, it's people pleasing. Now watch what happens here in verse 3. Acts 12 verse 3. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also why did it matter to Herod if it pleased the Jews? Because he's a people-pleasing person. He wants to please the people. Even Pilate, what did Pilate do? He wanted to wash his hands of the responsibility, and so he put it up for a vote. Who do you want? You want Barabbas or you want Jesus? He wanted to please the crowd. Herod is the same way. Now, Now, this is the difference between the first king of Israel and the second king. The first king Saul Saul was a people pleaser. Saul hated it at Gilgal when the peoples when his t- troops started to 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 leave and he he jumped the gun and he did something he, he was not sanctioned to do. he He offered an offering to God and it, it, and it ruined Saul because he was a people pleaser, even at the end after 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 he confesses his sin in front of Samuel, Saul says, his last thing that we hear Saul say, Saul, with Samuel in his presence, Saul says, but but won't you come with me in front of the people? I know God's torn his kingdom from my hand, but won't you go with me in front of the people so I look good? Ah. The the political spirit is a people-pleasing spirit. And if you have a people-pleasing spirit, you are not a kingdom leader. Now, I just have to pause here and say thank you, congregation, for not putting me under a political spirit. Sometimes people think I can be arrogant, autocratic. Let me tell you, I am not. I'm not. Anyone that works with me will tell you I'm not. But I am, by the grace of God, I am free from the political spirit. I, I, I do not worry about what people think. I don't spend two, two minutes thinking, looking over my shoulder, who is this decision going to offend? Who is this going to offend? For by the grace of God, he has freed me from being people pleasing. Oh, yeah. and, and I thank you for that. Because you you have have prayed and blessed. But I'm I'm under authority. And I love authority. And people authority, constituted authority. And I pray continually for those in authority. But when it comes to decisions that I have to make, I'm not afraid to make decisions. So thank you. The third characteristic is people-pleasing. And the final one, and this is what gives ground to the political spirit, it's pride. Pride. Now watch what happens to Herod. So he meets with these people, verse 21, on the appointed day, Herod uh, put on his royal robes. Here he is, he wants to look good. He takes his seat upon the throne, he powers up, and uh, delivered an oration. And the people were, were so thrilled, they were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man! you imagine? He was, he, was, he was getting intoxicated on the pleasure he was bringing to the people because that's, that's what he sucked up to his whole life. That's the political spirit. And, 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 but the people were so pleased. They could not have been more boisterous and affirming. I mean, imagine. Oh, the voice of a god and not a man. You see, people like following the political spirit. It makes them feel better about themselves to lock on to some demagogue or some bigger-than-life ego. Well, God wasn't impressed. God wasn't impressed. Look at the next verse. Immediately, think of it, immediately. As Herod is intoxicated... God is sick to his stomach. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. Oh, Lord have mercy. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Now most people breathe their last and then they're eaten by worms. That wasn't bad enough for God. God, before he breathed his last, he was eaten by worms. Now, I have a playful imagination, but I'm going to reel it in here. Because I I could, it's too early on a Sunday morning to get off on this, even though I'm tempted to just uh, play with that a little bit. What 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 did that look like? I mean, the, the guy next to him, imagine all of a sudden, worms start popping up, maybe crawling out of his ear. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to do that. Oh, oh I was going to let it, let it rip. Sorry, sorry. Reel it in, Fred. Okay. But the point is, could there be anything more humiliating while you're alive on the throne wearing your royal garments Than to have worms crawling out of every uh, possible place? I mean, that is, it's it's really, I mean, you just have to see the picture. And I'm sorry, I'm done with it. Now, now. So, did, here, here, let me just ask a few uh, rhetorical questions. Did the church have to fight back against Herod? No. Does the church have to fight back against political spirits? In the marriage? In the homeowners association? In the workplace? In the ministry? It's so easy to get embroiled in, 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 in captured by the political spirit. Behind every political spirit is an idol and behind every idol is a demon. I'm just calling it for what it is. They can... And they all have the same elements. All of them. All of them. All of them. Control, dehumanizing, uh, the, that, people pleasing, destruction, and pride. Pride. Pride goes before destruction. Pride is the ground on which the political spirit thrives, and it can kill. A marriage, it can kill a family. You know, two spouses don't get along, and so one of the spouses get the children to side with them. What is that? That's the political spirit. Your kids get married, and you elbow between the, the in-laws and the outlaws and all that. That's the political spirit. You, you, this, this, this plays out in every human relationship. We're not simply talking about governmental. But there's one other element here that you might have missed. I missed it the first go-round. It says in verse three, this was during the days of unleavened bread. Ha! I love those little nuggets. So, in the days of unleavened bread, this goes back to Passover, and the, the, the Israelites could only eat unleavened bread because they didn't have time for the yeast to rise. So from then on, uh, they, they honored God by eating unleavened bread during this season. Yes. And isn't it something that here, even though James was just killed, it wasn't gonna stop the church. No. Even though James is killed, they didn't, they didn't march on Washington or they didn't picket or they didn't do other things. They prayed. And isn't it something that that one more Herod would be raised up in front of whom Paul would stand, but he would not slow down Paul at all. In fact, he was used to get Saul in front of Caesar, the final Herod. And then they're all gone. We waste so much time picking the wrong fights. Fighting the wrong fights. And let me say, you cannot defeat the political spirit by using the political spirit. Not in your ministry, not in your family, not in the church, not in your homeowner's association. You don't fight sin with sin. You don't fight the spirit of Herod with the spirit of Herod. God, deliver us. God has a higher way. It's forgiveness. It's love. It's prayer. And He will intervene and take out the, the human leaders that, that didn't belong there in a redemptive way. Hallelujah. We can trust the Lord. No, but boy, this one, I could go on and on with this, but I think it's time to wrap it up. But I must, I must end by leading us all in a prayer of declaration to break off the political spirit, to break it off of our own lives, of our marriage, of our parenting, of our interpersonal relationships. On every level, we wanna break it off right now. Before the worship team even comes, would you stand with me right now, please? And I wanna lead us in prayer to make a declaration. Let me say quickly, if you're not ready, please don't, don't just mouth the words. But I know that this has been a revelation for many of us this morning. And you are glad for me to lead you through a declaration. Because we, here's, the, here's the categorical distinction. To any extent that the leaven of the political spirit has influenced us, we want to break that off. So that we can come under the leaven and the influence of the kingdom. That's what's at stake, it's the kingdom of God. This is a pro-kingdom of God message. This is not an anti-political message. The other thing I just wanna clarify for you young ones, this message does not mean you should never go into politics. In fact, many of you young ones, I hope you do go into politics. We need kingdom people to be voted into office. But you need to know, you need to know That your leadership there is under a higher authority. You must not. If you try to fight this battle uh, in our nation today, if you try to fight it with the political spirit, you'll never defeat the political spirit. Okay, let's pray together. In fact, I want to just give you a time to repeat this declaration with me. If you would just, if you're ready, let's say it together. Just repeat this these words after me, loving Father. I come under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been bought with a price the blood of Jesus. And wash me now. I repent of giving ground to the political spirit. In my own life, in my marriage, my family, my ministry. My workplace? My workplace, I renounce the political spirit now in Jesus' name. Deliver me from the leaven of Herod in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. And fill me, fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I would be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. that I would be your kingdom leader leader. to bring the kingdom of God God. into every relationship. relationship. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen.